0: Do you know that from your position, you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shagun Obaje as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. Do you know that from your position you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shegun Obadji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. We give you
1: praise and glory and honor. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your love and kindness. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. And so our hearts are open, Father, to receive your word. We ask that you speak to us today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let every man, by reason of your word, be transformed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thank you, Father, for it. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Say a big Amen. amen. All right, just wave at someone beside you, afar off, the social distancing, Amen, <laughs> and say you're welcome to church in Jesus' name. All right, please, you may be seated. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah All right, this month is a special one for us We've been looking at blessings of our righteousness in Christ Amen? Blessings of righteousness Now we understand that righteousness itself is a blessing Amen It is the blessing of Abraham And the Lord justified Abraham by faith In Genesis chapter number 15 and verse 6 And then he told him in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 18 That in your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed So God was saying to him in essence That by this same righteousness that he had received by faith He was going to bless all the families or nations of the earth With the same through faith Glory to God. So, righteousness is a blessing. Righteousness itself is a blessing. Now, in being blessed with the blessing of righteousness comes blessings. Righteousness itself is the major blessing that every believer has received in Christ. And that blessing itself comes with many blessings. You know the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 that God has blessed us with all. How many? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Now understand that um, righteousness itself is actually the hub of all the blessings that we've been blessed with in Christ. Without a good understanding of the blessing of righteousness, you may never be able to make the most of all the blessings you've been blessed with in Christ. And that's not God's will for you. God wants you to make the most of all the blessings that He's blessed you with in Christ. Can someone say amen to that? So righteousness here is a blessing. That God blessed Abraham with. And what is the content of this blessing? I need you to understand this again. For some of us uh, who, who have been following uh, this, see, you have to follow. Amen? You see, church is not just attendance. It's followership. You have to follow. Not just come to church listen, and You have to follow. Go, you know, on YouTube, just download the messages and listen to them. Follow one after the other. Blessings of righteousness. One, two, three, four, five, six. You listen to them. You follow. That's 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 church. Church is um, all about discipleship. It's not attendance. Ma- many of us we feel like it's just attendance. Just show your face and serve in the ministry in church, and that's of, that will suffice. No is much more than that that is not enough as good as that is it is not enough followership you have to follow amen the disciples who got born again all right the folks who got born again in the early church the bible tells us they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and in breaking of bread so you have to follow you continue in the word can someone say amen to that all right you listen and listen again i I was speaking a beloved one just yesterday he's not even a member of our church here but he's one of um, our sons in the faith Um, I started pastoring him by God's grace on campus when I was pastoring a campus fellowship okay and then he told me he said pastor I said yes he said I have been following you I said I know I can see it on your life he's made progress Tremendously is made. You see, when you see followers, they make progress. All right. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, all right, and they designed, they looked at them that these men are unlearned men, ignorant men. The Bible says they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. See, you, you can be a follower and it will not show on your life. Amen. If you've been following the word, the, the guy has made tremendous progress, amazing progress in his life because he's following. You see, if you attend a church and you don't follow what God is doing in that church, what God is doing in that church will not reflect on your life. Attendance is not enough to guarantee being blessed in a church. Are you from what I'm saying here? You have to follow, okay? What is God? What's that message? You say, Righteous, I have not listened to, I have to listen to. Not that you miss Bible study, and let's go to church. And then you just listen. Listen to it again until something drops into you. Can someone say amen to that? This is a transaction here. We're transacting business. Holy business. All right. So he was telling me how that. He had listening. I just listened to messages. So, this is how I spend my Saturdays. I just listened to messages. He said, I've been stu- I've studied the book of Romans a couple of times. Now, he's a ninety guy. He's very intelligent. It's not, it's not someone who doesn't have a work or job. He's not someone that doesn't have something to do. It's a ninety guy making waves in his career. Amen. So, he told me, He said, I have studied the book of Romans. (laughs) He said, I found the key to the book of Romans when I listened to those messages on righteousness. He said, now I understand the book of Romans. The key to the Pauline epistles is righteousness. Come on, say righteousness. All right. That's the key that opens the door to the revelation of new creation realities. Without a good understanding of it, you don't even understand new creation realities yet. See, So he told me he said he's been feeding on the word and I said okay and I know where this thing is coming from. Amen. Every time you meet him there's a testimony to share. He has a testimony to share. Amen. And that's your testimony from henceforth. Lift up your right hand and say "I'm I'm a follower. I'm not just a church goer. I'm a follower. I'm a discipler and a disciple. Say amen to that. Because when you follow and you're a disciple, you become what? A discipler. You teach others also. Say amen to that. All right. So let's look at this very quickly. um, Understanding righteousness. What is the content of righteousness? This is the main blessing that we've been blessed with in Christ. This is the key that opens the door to all the numerous blessings that God has blessed us with in Christ, the righteousness of faith. Romans chapter number 4, very quickly, I want us to look at this, and then we'll look at the benefits of righteousness, the blessings of righteousness. Amen. Alright, Romans chapter number 4 and verse 1, quickly. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he has whereof to glory, but not before God. But for what said, or what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Can you do NKJV please? So that we don't do thou the thee anymore. Alright, because this is a different generation. And I was speaking to my wife uh, just a couple of days ago, and I said to her, I said, Look, this generation is different. When we're on campus, if you quote a scripture, people will scream. Today, if you quote a scripture, people lose. What's that? All right. And it's a different generation. You have to teach around that scripture, take them to the background understanding of it before they can appreciate it. Praise God. But the knowledge of scripture then was commonplace. Okay. Well, we, we, we are initiating this generation into the flow can someone say amen to that that's what we're doing by the grace of god amen praise god so what does the scripture say abraham believed god and it was accounted to him for righteousness what did abraham do that brought righteousness to him come on now he believed god Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Go on, please. Now to him who walks, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not walk, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So that means when a man labors for something, All right, that thing that he gets as a result of his labor is his reward. All right, it is not his grace. Are you from saying here? All right, you don't labor for grace. That's what he's saying here. You can labor for a reward, but you cannot labor for grace. Grace is what is given to you on account of favor, on account of faith, not on account of labor. All right? Now, every one of us, if you have a boss you work for or work with, as the case may be, then your boss is indebted to you. Your company is indebted to you. Why? Because you're working for them. So, by the end of the month, your company will have to pay you. If they don't pay you, you squeeze your face because that is your reward, right? You feel like, why? Why are they not paying us? Why? What is happening? Why? if you were a volunteer there all right, and they didn't pay you anything at the end of the month would you squeeze your face no because see they are not indebted to you in any way praise God are you for what I'm saying here so you see whatever a man labors for and he gets by reason of his labor or work is called reward salary amen remuneration but here He's saying here that righteousness came to Abraham not on account of his labor or work or self-righteousness. It came to him by faith. Come on, say faith. God gave it to him because he believed God. And Abraham believed in the Lord and God accounted that to him for righteousness. Can someone say amen to that? So righteousness here evidently is a gift, not a salary. You can't work for it. It is too much to be worked for. Righteousness is a gift that God gives you, not a salary. Did you see that? That's what the Bible is telling us here. So it says, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for what? Righteousness. His faith is counted for what? I can't hear you. His faith is counted for what? Righteousness. And then he goes on to tell us, he describes this righteousness, just as David also describes the blessedness or the blessing of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from his works. And what is it? Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Did you see that? verse 9, we'll stop here it says, does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also for we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness what was accounted as righteousness unto him? faith 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 Faith. now then in um, Psalm 32 and verse 1 The Bible tells us here, this was where um, Paul the Apostle quoted from uh, in the book of Romans chapter 4 that we just read. He says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Go on, verse 2, please. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile or deceit. Praise God. Alright, so what God is saying to us here from scriptures Is that the blessing of righteousness is actually fourfold It has four dimensions How many? Four dimensions Number one, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven Forgiveness So that means by reason of the righteousness of God that comes to us through faith in Jesus Christ Our sins have been forgiven Can someone say Amen to that? Can you say it like you mean it? Say Amen. Amen. Our sins have been forgiven. And then it tells us here the second fold of this blessing of righteousness is remission. Come and say remission. All right, remission here is talking about your sin being blotted out or blotted out. That means erased. Cleansed And highlighted Obliterated Praise God Amen That's what it means So it's saying here It says Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven Forgiveness That's one side of that righteousness Then there's another face of it here It says Whose sin is covered Now under the old covenant Their sins were covered under the blood of animals But they could not. their sins could not be remitted Because Uh, The sinner had more value than the sacrifice for sin. You know, the life of the flesh is where? In the blood. So, the animal had life inferior to the sinner under the old covenant. So, the blood of the animal could not have remitted their sins. It was impossible. It was a temporary solution to cover their sin until the appointed time that Christ would come, and then we'll cleanse our sins. Glory to God. So under the New Testament here, all right, it is not covering of sin anymore. It is remission. Come on, say remission. All right. So you can read it this way in light of New Testament understanding. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. All right, whose sin is what remitted. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. What does that mean? It means blessed is the man all right, to whom God does not count sin. You know what that means? It simply means that God has justified him. Therefore, God does not count sin against him anymore. Can someone say hallelujah to that? Alright, so whatever sin that he's committed, not only has he been forgiven of those sins, not only has he received remission of those sins, now, God says, have justified him from the consequences of those sins. That means he does not stand to be punished for those sins anymore. Uh, You see, this is a blessing, right? (laughs) If this is not a blessing, then tell me what a blessing is. That your sins are forgiven, remitted And you're justified from their consequences ah. Amen I said amen <laughs> You know what this means? It simply means that If the devil comes down and says You are going to be punished because of something you did in time past Okay In ignorance As an unbeliever If you don't understand righteousness You'll be begging God for that not to happen How many of us have begged God like that Oh God please I, I'm, a, I'm a bad person no. This is a Christian speaking I've, I've done terrible things just, just have mercy on me The things I've done in the past Nemesis hmm. Don't let Nemesis catch up with me Now that has been The prayer that some people Have offered unto God In ignorance They didn't get to heaven anyway The devil hijacked them in between right, the atmospheric heaven and the third heaven Because there are prayers that can't get to that place Except they are consistent with the constitution If they are not consistent with the word They can't get there So there are many prayers that are prayed Just for the fun of it Alright The gymnastics and everything But it doesn't get there Why? If it's not consistent with God's word It cannot get to God God is too holy for an unholy thing to appear before him Nothing can desecrate the holiness of God up there Praise God So you see There are certain prayers That we pray That are just a sheer waste of time And God wants us to understand that for your prayer to count, all right, the word must count to you. If it doesn't count to you, then your prayer cannot count. Because every prayer that is prayed consistent with the word of God, that's what brings results. Can someone say amen to that? So listen to this. Number one, righteousness means your sins have been forgiven you you have been you have received forgiveness of sins can someone say amen to that amen. now that gives you peace come and say peace it gives you peace of mind why because your sins have been forgiven number 2 your sins have been remitted remitted come and say remitted amen. all right someone says well what is the justice back of this i mean god would, i mean i did terrible things and God will just forgive me. I hurt people. I did terrible things against their will, against their conscience. I told lies. So, I have, some, for, some, for some people, I have rendered their lives null and void. They don't know their right from their left now because of some things I did against them as an unbeliever. I even murdered some people. So, you mean my sins will be forgiven just like that? I can't believe it. It doesn't make any sense to me regarding justice. Amen So what is the justification of righteousness Amen The vicarious Substitutionary work of Christ That's it That means somebody else Died in your stead And God punished him For you So that is the justice He died Jesus didn't live for our sins He died for our sins Did you see that Look at First Peter 3 and verse 18. It makes sense because if there is no justification in your mind regarding the righteousness that you have received in Christ, you may never accept it. You may feel this is unjust. Ah, you mean you just forgive me just like that? For Christ also suffered once for sins. He suffered. He didn't enjoy for our sins. He' suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. did you see that? So the just for the unjust. who is the just here? Christ, the unjust, sinners. He is suffered for sins. He suffered. He suffered that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the spirit. Amen. So, why did he suffer for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God? Did you see that? Okay. The justification here of righteousness is the fact that Jesus took your place as your substitute. So, your conscience can take it now, right? That, yeah, okay. Okay. Ah, yeah. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21 tells us he says for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us he made him that we might become the righteousness of God in him so Jesus our lord our substitute was made sin for us that we might become you see it it is actually in substitution the 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 justice of righteousness is in The wisdom of God regarding substitution. And that is the highest display of wisdom in the Bible. Read from Genesis to Revelation. Vicarious representation of everything. God's goodness, God's justice, God's love, God's benevolence. Everything represented vicariously. That means Jesus took your place. This is the wisdom of God. When it comes to prosperity, that's the wisdom of God. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might be rich. Now that's the same thing. It's the wisdom of God. Substitution. He took your place. And you see, one thing about substitution. Substitution is so powerful that... The moment you identify with your substitute, all right, the life of your substitute and the consequences thereof become yours. Amen? The moment you hire a lawyer to represent you in the court of law, listen very carefully. (laughs) The failure of that lawyer is your failure. The success of that lawyer is your success. Why? Because. He is your representative. Now what did we do wrong in the Garden of Eden? Were you there in the Garden of Eden in person? No. It was Adam that represented and he failed woefully and we all failed because he was the federal head of humanity. The Bible says for all it didn't say some, it didn't say for Adam and Eve have sinned for all have sinned and come short of come on now, the glory of God. They did it and we partook of the consequences of their action. It was imputed to us It also affected us Generically Why? Because they did it You know, let me give you another example There are children today They are, just because of grace Christ and the love of God They have shaken themselves off From everything That their parents had done You know, the mistake of parents While bringing up their children It will impact on the children, true or false? Yes. Yeah, awesome. they grow up to now say, "I won't partake of that anymore. I'm going to retrain." My father married two wives; I will marry one. But if the man does not wake up to reality in Christ, that look, I am blessed in Christ. I'm not going to follow that path. He's going to marry four because children always take it further. You know, you know what I mean. All right, you just you take it to the next level. See? So (laughs) it is very, very important that we understand the justice of our righteousness. Jesus took our place. Can someone say amen to that? All right. So we've looked at three now of the four sides of our righteousness. Our righteousness is fourfold. Amen? Amen. It is forgiveness, it is remission, it is justification, and it is new creation. that, that means God actually recreated us such that there is no connection, no reference to the past anymore. You are a brand new man in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. If any man being Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are a brand new person. So that means... Not only do you have righteousness imputed to you, you are now by nature a righteous man, a righteous woman, a righteous boy, a righteous girl in Christ Jesus. Can someone say amen to that? man? So you see, righteousness means for- forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins. Pardon. Remission of sins. God blotted out your sins. There's no record of, of those sins anymore. No record. Can someone say amen to that? All right. And then God says you're justified from their consequences. Now, I always tell people you see, when you go to prayer, because you have seen an evident consequence of a sin once committed in your life, and you understand righteousness, then you understand how to negotiate before God. You understand how to negotiate your way into the fullness of the blessings of righteousness. What do you do? You come to the place of prayer and say, Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for Jesus is my righteousness and he is my substitute. He took my place. Hallelujah. And because he took my place today, I am taking his place. Amen. It didn't didn't take your place to displace you. It was... Come on now. It was what? Substitution, not displacement. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. To displace you from poverty, so you are hanging in the roof? No. No. He displaced you from poverty to replace you. Hallelujah. Take your place, so you can take his place. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. So he took your place that you might take his place. Have you taken his place? Yes, Come on now. Have you taken his place? Yes, so you can say, I am rich, I am blessed. Come on, say, I am rich. I am blessed. blessed. Oh, I can't hear you. Say, I am rich. I am blessed. blessed. Now, you, you, you can say that because you have... to see, listen. As surely as he took your place, you have taken his place. Yes, if you can deny that Jesus died for your sins... You can deny that he took your place. Then you can also deny that you have taken his place. If you cannot deny it, then you cannot deny the fact that you've taken his place. He actually took your place that you might take his place. Amen. Amen. So when we say from this, you see, Jesus was rich not because, you know, somebody just gave him something. He was born rich. He was born blessed. Amen? Yes. Now, you have taken his place. You, you see, you don't attach your wealth to things. I don't have money. I'm poor. I'm broke. No. You see, wealth for you is a status. You have, <laughs> you have come to that status of wealth. Can someone say amen to that? Yes. <laughs> so I'm blessed. Yes. I can't hear you. So I'm blessed. Now, um, masculinity being male or female, it is not an achievement. Is it an achievement? No, it is not. It is a status. You were born with it. Praise God. Hallelujah. All things being equal. Don't go to all those other things. I what I'm saying here. Let's think scriptures now. Amen. <laughs> so, as a child of God, you are born wealthy, blessed, rich, you are born prosperous. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. That's your status. So, I don't define myself by, by what I have. Amen. I said amen. That's why you see your clothes in the wardrobe You look at them, all the clothes there They don't make sense to the wardrobe Until you put them on You wear them And then, you see The clothes look good on you By themselves, they are not good There's nothing that is good in itself That God has made for man to enjoy It is only good when man is enjoying it Are you from Zen here? That's why you don't idolize money. (laughs) Two billionaire! And now, what about two billionaire? If you are responding like this, reacting like this to two billionaire, will you collapse when you see two billionaire? You were tithing at 10,000, 20,000. Now it's 300,000. The tithe is now heavy for you to remove. And God says, we need to purge our heart, our mind from carnality. Amen? Think about paying tithes in millions and tens of millions. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. You know, one time, those early days, not recently, <laughs> a long time ago, you know, I, I won a, contra- I mean, um, a scholarship worth 50,000 naira. And then the tithe was 5,000 naira. And that was the highest tithe I'd ever paid up until that moment. And I said, I will remove 5,000 naira. And then I have for the 5,000 naira left. I said, ah, Lord. It's a scholarship. Scholarship. You know scholarship. (laughs) It's a scholarship. (laughs) That means it came on the bill of favor. Now, if you're responding to something that came on the bill of favor, you can't remove the tithe. What if you now start earning money? You worked for it. I said, wow. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, this is the reason why a lot of my children don't enter into what they should enter into. Not because I'm holding those things back from them, but because they are not pressing into them. You see, greed... Cannot press into wealth. Greed. Your hand is like this. You cannot press into wealth that way. There's so much that God has prepared for you to enjoy. At two millionaire, behave yourself. And David behaved himself wisely. Behave yourself wisely. Just two million naira Say I hear. So you see, righteousness here is fourfold. (laughs) Amen? First, number one, let me hear you. What is it? Number two? Number three? And then number four? New creation. That means you have been recreated, born anew. Can someone say amen to that? All right. No reference to the past anymore. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It makes prayer sweet. Amen? It makes it very sweet. You can pray now and pray and keep praying. Nothing is convicting you of sin. No devil can remind you of sin. Amen? Because you have been justified by faith. Can someone say amen to that? Now, let me show you very quickly the things that will happen when we begin to walk in our righteousness consciousness. Number one, we'll begin to enter into what I call fellowship with God the Bible calls it fellowship with God so I call it fellowship with God and then you enter into what is called intimacy with God now when you are conscious of your righteousness then you can get into fellowship with God why? the Bible tells us that no flesh will glory in his presence No flesh. So that means nobody can glory in his presence. If you come with your self righteousness, that will amount to glorying in God's presence. And God says that cannot happen. It can never happen. So that means the moment you take on yourself the consciousness of your righteousness by faith, the one given to you as a gift from God, then you can actually. Enter into the presence of God. You can enjoy the presence of God. You see, the presence of God is all in all. The presence of God is almighty. Not so mighty. If anybody seeks to glory in God's presence, the presence is withdrawn. That means the manifest presence of God is withdrawn from anyone who glories in the flesh. If you glory in the flesh, the presence of God is withdrawn from you. The manifest presence. No flesh will glory in his presence. No flesh. The Bible tells us that if Abraham had obtained righteousness by works then he had a reason to glory before in god's presence or before god he says but not possible not so he says but not before he had a reason to glory rather but not before god look at verse verse 2 of romans chapter 4 he had a reason to glory but not before god that means no man no flesh will glory before god the presence of god forbids self-glorying So that means fellowship with God will happen when you take on the consciousness of righteousness by faith. By faith. I'm righteous not based on what I have done right. I'm righteous because of what Jesus did right for me. And I'm righteous because I have believed in Jesus. And now I have access to God's presence, into the presence of God because of what Jesus has done for me. And when you come that way, no matter what the issue may be, the glory of God will resolve it. So most of the time, people think that issues are the reasons why they are not close to God. Some people think maybe because of their bad habits or probably sinfulness. That's the reason they are not close to God. No, 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 that's not the reason. The reason you are not close to God is because you are not conscious of your righteousness in Christ. Okay, let me give you an example. A sinner who is not born again, a sinner, wants to get born again. And then he walks up to God on account of the gospel that he has heard. And he says, I repent of my sins. I believe Jesus died for my sins. And he was raised again for my justification. The moment he says that God recreates him, he becomes born again. Now, he had the gods to come to God, a sinner, through the gospel. And God accepted him because he came because he had heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you from here? Now, consider a man in Christ who has done wrong. He's done wrong, and he feels because he's done wrong, he cannot come to God anymore. That's not the reason he's not coming to God. Amen? It is guilt that he's pu- pushing him away from God. It's, it's not, you see, God is not the one pushing him away. God <laughs> God has given him the invitation to come. Let us all come boldly to the throne of grace. That's what the Bible tells us. So, you see, sometimes people feel like, well, it's because um, I've done some, that's why my prayer life, it's, that's not the reason. It's sin consciousness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Someone says, well, what, will I draw near with this kind of attitude? Who will help you? If you go to Gog and Magog, all right, far away from the presence of God, who, who is going to help you? Do you have help there in the world? So, where are you running to? Amen. You have to, you still have to come. You know, listen very carefully. <laughs> now, the moment you feel because you have not done right, you cannot come to God. Listen very carefully. You have held on to self-righteousness. Not the righteousness of God. So that means you're saying that, look, I only have the right to come to God based on the righteousness of what I have done right. Right? But because I have gone wrong, I cannot come to God anymore if God hates me with a passion. That's not true. Now, look at parents. The children that come to us, Daddy, I've done something wrong, they receive pardon, right? The the ones that keep running away, running away, just wonder, where where, where is um, is Shegun? Shegun is in the room. (laughs) He's not aware that I'm in the sitting room. He's aware that. Why is he always running from me? Always running away why sink consciousness what are you running to the devil can't help you you know he hates you with a passion so you are running to the devil you say well I want to be bad you say, if I've tried this Christianity thing it's not working I want to be bad now just live my life in a bad way <laughs> look you've cast out devils before the devils are waiting for you you want to be bad come we will twist you. When we are done with you. <laughs> when you see demons, you run away. You say, Listen, there's, look. Understand how these things work. Your access to God is not based on anything that you've done right. It's based on what Christ has done for you. Can someone say amen to that? does that mean we should live in sin no what we are saying in essence is this when you come to god on account of what christ has done for you and then you can say lord i have done this thing wrong look at look at Cain. look at Cain. before the judgment of god came on him as a vagabond he was still speaking to god he just killed his brother abel he said look the punishment you have given me is too it's too much now let's negotiate this thing Amen. That was a murderer. I was, I was shocked. I said, this man still understood righteousness to a degree. Before he was banished. And then he walked away from the presence of God, the manifest presence of God. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. The reason some of us don't have that deep fellowship with God as we ought to is because you still think you're right. And you've been living right, that's why God should honor you with his presence. And God says that self righteousness, I'm not going to give you my manifest presence that way. No flesh glories in my presence. I'm not against living right, but lay hold on the finished work of Christ. Can someone say amen to that? That's the reason. So look around, tell your neighbor, where are you running to? (laughs) What are you running from? (laughs) Where are you running? Amen. See, let me tell you something. Deep fellowship, deep fellowship will happen the moment you've done something wrong, and then you go back to God and say, Lord, I genuinely repent. All right? Christ died for me. Listen, God will cleanse you. Listen very carefully. He will cleanse you, number one. And then He will give you the ability by His Spirit to live right. Without me, you can do nothing. It's not in your strength. By strength shall no man prevail. It is not in your strength. And that's why you see when someone there's ministry meeting, ah, the person is not coming. Why? Just saw something on the screen that was not good and all that. Probably responded to it. Feel like ah ministry meeting. I cannot sing. I can't go. All right. Now, prayer time. I cannot pray. But you can play. Alright? And then you start playing and playing and playing. And then spiritual things start, start sounding strange to you. Why? Because you run away from that manifest glory of God God says, no calm on account. You see, look, if you were to live right all by yourself, do you think you can earn access to God? If you could, you would have done it before Jesus came. Man would have done it. So why did He come? Because we couldn't do it all by ourselves. Praise God! And let me let me show you this because you see, this righteous. If you don't understand this thing. All right, it becomes challenging to live the, that victorious Christian life. Look at it here. Ephesians chapter number 3. And verse 12. Look at it. I want to start from verse 13, please. All right, It says, therefore I ask... That you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this reason... No, 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 no. Verse verse 11 and then 12, please. Don't jump. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12. In whom we have boldness. It is in him that we have what? Boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. It is, it is in him that we have boldness. We have access to God with confidence through faith in him. Now, let me tell you something. If you rely on your self-righteousness, the devil knows how to deflate you. It will just cause you to make one mistake, just more. And that's why I remember there was a brother who went, you know, I won't mention the denomination so that people don't feel, but a very religious denomination. Something happened, had always lived right, was, you know, strong in the faith on campus. He was a leader of their fellowship on campus. So he went to serve. And there was this lady that came and said, look, this bro, I love this bro. Either he likes it or not, I will give it to him. And gave it to him and he, he caught it. Amen. And so, <laughs> the brother could not take it. Me. I did me. Me. I, ah. Me. It's called pride. Yeah. Who, who, who are you? What was that? Me. I, I, me. It's Pride. Why not repent and turn to God and say, me, I did this. Ah. And went into the world. Yeah. And called the lady thereafter. He couldn't even forgive himself. Brethren called and he couldn't open up. He opened up to someone. The person told, you know, one of their leaders and they called him, you know. He just wouldn't respond to anybody. So, he went into the world. That same lady impregnated the lady, and aborted for the lady several times. All right, started sleeping around. Me. 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 I, I, I did evil. Me. Brother Peter. <laughs> Sister Jane. Me. Ah, no, I can't take this. I can never take this. Ah. Me. Pride filled his heart. All right? The last I heard was, you know, that he 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 was still in the world. The last I heard, he was still in the world. Maybe he's come back to Christ now. I can't tell. Listen very carefully. I'll read an account, and then we'll close on that account. Pride. It's not... And trying to boss people around. Pride. Self-pride is preferring your own standard to God's. It's pride. You prefer, you say, it's me. My, this is my standard. And God says, that's too, that's, too, that's too low. I mean, ah, me. And God says, yeah, you are say, forgiven. No, no. Uh-uh. Just like that. I can't forgive myself. I can never forgive myself. No, no you know, and <laughs> God says you are for- no, I can't forgive myself forgive yourself don't swallow your, your pride spit it out amen let me read you this account it will help you Luke chapter number 18 Let's start reading from verse 9, please. I want you to understand this. Look at it. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee, I thank you that i am not like other men extortioners unjust adulterers or even as this tax collector i fast twice a week i give tithes of all that i possess and this tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven but beat his breast, his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. In other words, the Pharisee was not justified before God. Jesus told this Bible. It wasn't Peter, it wasn't John. Jesus, the Lord himself, the truth himself. You see how people, listen very carefully, haven't done all. you come to God and say, "Lord, I have done my part, but I trust in you." Now, what is he just saying? Does it mean that you shouldn't tithe? You shouldn't No, 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 that's not it. You see self-righteousness, trusting in yourself. You see, as good as yourself is is not worthy of your trust. Yes, say, I trust myself. You know, you don't, you don't, you trust yourself, you will fail. Yeah. Don't trust yourself. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Trust in the Lord and depart from evil. He says, It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Don't trust in yourself. So we understand that this righteousness is the basis, the foundation of fellowship with God. Uh, I wish I had more time, but we have to stop here. Praise God. But listen to this. This is the foundation of true Christianity. All right? This is the conduit of the power of God. The power of God will go through this conduit of righteousness and will come into your life and marvelous things will be done. You see, that habit you've been struggling with, don't run away from God run to him lean on the righteousness of jesus and run to god lord i need help regarding this matter and you see we'll help you instead of running away and i can't pray i can't go to church i can't read my bible no praise god let's be upstanding. lift up lift up your hands right now say lord i i cease from trusting in myself i trust in you i cease from self-trust Mm-mm, no more i trust in you see i trust in my, me me <laughs> I, I can't I, mean, I, I can't do that thing. You know me me i know me me <laughs> that's why people you you will do it you will shock yourself you will do it and eh? you will shock yourself like this you're like hey i did it yes you did it Because you trusted in yourself Not in the strength of God They that trust in the Lord Shall be as Mount Zion That cannot be moved As the mountains surround Jerusalem God surrounds his own people Trust is in God Come on now Put your trust in him Lean on that righteousness of Jesus Lean on him absolutely He's your help Come on now He's your help Come on now He's your strength The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He is your strength. He is your strength. He is your strength. Kaparotali ya bahashande brotone mande kresopra de la haya Manta kambro sote le brosare de brodogono brodish Manta kamarasa Sada la bradile brosada bahaya Sikaparasaante le brode brodoshia de bahaya I marason da la basha kaliabatia Sonda le maria talabasha da Come and talk to the Lord draw near draw near you see it's not based on your self-righteousness drawn there through the new and the living way that he has consecrated for us drawn there drawn there drawn there drawn there Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Now, if you're there, you're not born again, you can do it now. Jesus died for your sins. You don't have to die for them anymore. He took your place. You can come now to him and be saved. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? God did a perfect work. He knew you beforehand and He placed your sins on Jesus. You can be saved now. You want to be born again, you want your sins forgiven you, you want your sins wiped out. You want to receive justification from all the errors you've done and all their consequences. You want to become a brand new person. You want to receive the gift of righteousness. This is the time. Raise your hand above your head. I want to pray for you right now. Anybody like that? You want to be born again? Quickly, quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is the time. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. I'll pray for you now. Thank you, Lord thank you lord raise it raise it high raise it high raise it high thank you jesus blessed be the name of the lord all right in jesus name amen lift up your hands receive a word of blessing father we thank you for your goodness and your loving kindness in jesus name amen now the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give his peace it is well with you in jesus name amen And Amen. God bless you.